All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. We're going to talk with our expert this morning, live and direct, Walt Secura of the AKW Group here in Akron and also in Washington, Pennsylvania, and outside of Pittsburgh there. For the next half hour, we're talking about the market, how the AKW Group invests their clients' money in individually owned stocks, in custom-made portfolios just for every single client. We'll talk about how that could affect you and take your questions about the stock market at 330-673-1234. Walt's been in this business for more than 30 years. He has taught, he has uh, dealt with the stock market for a long time, and he knows a lot of stuff. So take advantage of that by calling us at 330-673-1234 or outside of Akron on WNR.com, listening there in western Pennsylvania. you got a toll-free number if you want to use it, 800 6694 100. Well, Walt, it's like a long-distance runner. Every now and then, the market has to take a breather, and uh, they did that. They took a bit of a breather last week, and uh, we'll have to see what's going to happen after that. Yeah, for sure, Bob. The winning streak was snapped last week. We had a couple weeks of just consecutive increases, and we were talking about how powerful this market was, and you're right. Every once in a while, it has to take a pause. Uh, there was some impetus for the set payback last week. Um, a little bit of profit taking. Again, we got to remember the time of year we're in. Um, you know, people are reviewing portfolios for for losses. Um, mutual funds are doing the same, and the exchange traded funds. So, you, you got some tax selling going on out there. Uh, there was a little bit of a rise in treasury yields. Um, uh, the Fed expectations that uh, you know, kind of kind of people still getting their heads around the the non-interest rate rise, but the tapering of about $15 billion from the Fed as far as some of the purchasing that they've been doing. So a lot of, a lot of news going on. Uh, overall, we saw that the markets fall. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average for the week was off 227 points, down 0.6%. Uh, sits at the year at 18%. The S&P 500 index was off about 14 points for the week, uh, down 0.3%, sits at 24.7%. Uh, and the Russell 2000, which measures those small and mid-cap stocks, was off about 25 points, off 1%, and sits at about 22%. So again, from the stock allocation side, uh, if you, you know, being in the stock market, as we said all year, Bob, has been a winning proposition. And now we got to start thinking forward into 2022 and how those allocations should look and, and how much should be allocated towards stocks. Definitely big questions on investors' minds. Now, some of the other questions, uh, of course, politics always has an impact on the market, whether it's uh, significant or not is up for discussion. But there was an election again in November. Uh, some uh, parts had more important offices on the ballot than, than other parts of the country. So as the results of those elections came through, do you think that's going to have any 
any uh, message for investors, or, or do you think they're going to continue to do what they're doing best, and that's a, a continue to pursue the dollar? Yeah, I think that's the key, Bob. You know, as we said in this show, and we talked about it many times, you know, politics are are a big picture item. They do have some impacts. As far as fiscal policy changes, you know, the spending packages that they're currently considering have an impact. Raising taxes has an impact. Uh, Monetary policy from the government level has an impact. But, you know, elections and popularity contests and whether we like a candidate or don't like a candidate, um, you know, that really doesn't matter in the long run. Um, You know, I think some of the things I'm reading that came out of the elections last Tuesday, especially in, you know, Virginia and and then uh, New Jersey, where, it, you know, when, when Trump isn't running or in office, it's hard to use him as the boogeyman, you know, to scare voters. So uh, we saw a lot of, um, you know, white and, and rural voters go back to the ballot and uh, cast their, their, you know, votes for more GOP-type candidates. And uh, we think that there's going to be a lot of that as we go forward. And, and there's probably balance, Bob. I, we, we said always here is that uh, I'm not a big political guy one way or the other. I, I'm an investor. And, you know, I know that when there's balance in government and we, we find those more middle-of-the-road solutions, you know, uh, not too conservative, not too liberal, uh, that's always best for the market. And it seems like that's what we're heading to with the uh, midterm elections coming up this year. Uh, could be some changes in both the House and the Senate. And, you know, that could really set people's minds at ease as far as politics being a big driver in financial markets. Now, a headline last week that even uh, caught my attention and got some concern is that they had the highest inflation rate in 30 years, and that's based on only the one uh, one month of inflation in the most recent figures. But and still uh, of interest, what are your thoughts on this uh, inflation business, and do you think this has an impact on the uh, bond market or the stock market at right now that uh, could be of concern, or is it just another a little passing blip? It does have an impact, Bob, and it has an impact mostly on consumers because when we have less money to spend, you know, when when our pocketbooks are hit or when businesses' pocketbooks are hit and they have less money to invest, that's definitely going to change the economic trajectory, you know, this economic recovery that we're hoping. So when we look at the two measures last week, you know, the producer price index, which kind of looks at inflation's impact on businesses, you know, we saw 8.6% for the year. And as you said, that's a 30-year high. And then when we look at the consumer impact, uh, you know, we see 6.2%, again, at a 30-year high. So, uh, you know, we, it was led by energy, housing, uh, rents, vehicles, and food costs. And there's a lot of belief these numbers can go really higher. One thing we have to remember is rents. Uh, make up about 30% of consumer price index. Uh, and there's been a national eviction moratorium um, that's coming to an end, and uh, we expect rent, rents to, you know, really kind of increase significantly over the next year or two. So I think inflation, you know, as we are told by the Fed, you know, being transitory, it seems like it's a lot less transitory as here. Uh, we got to think through how we really kind of approach that as investors. That was a discussion, of course, when uh, they got started coming out of the pandemic. Almost all the experts said, well, sure, there's going to be a certain amount of supply and demand inflation because we're restarting the economy. But uh, if this should continue, uh, continue for many, any number of reasons, uh, more than just it being a transitory thing, how does an investor pick investments that would uh, allocate best into combating inflation? Well, I think you got to go back and think, you know, where where opportunities lie. And it, number one, we know stocks are a great hedge against inflation. Uh, you know, when we talk about consumer price index, there are six point, you know, two percent. You got to have investments then that can keep up. 
Um, but not all stocks are made equal, Bob. You got to you know, think about the stocks that have pricing power that can pass some of those, you know, prices on to consumers, and consumers are willing to pay them. Uh, that's the that's the end game that a lot of businesses play. So, uh, stocks are definitely going to be a, a place to combat inflation. Also, looking at gold, commodities, real estate investment trusts, and maybe more balance in, in the portfolios. Uh, just trying to take out some risk. So, there's there's definitely strategies that you have to think about when you talk about inflation. Now, of course, when we talk about the stock market and the valuations, we all know the stock market valuations are at extraordinary high levels right now. And the question that I'm going to have is, well, how much money should I put into stocks? Uh, people are still preaching something I learned back in economics in the before times when we used to have to watch TV by candlelight. They hold a 60-40 percentage, 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds is how you should be safely invested. Why does that the old saw play today? And do you agree that people can have uh, more in stocks than in bonds? Well, I think it comes down to an individual decision, Bob. You know, I'm a big believer in the more you can have in stocks, the better. But some people just can't tolerate that risk. And, you know, you have to be able to sleep at night. You have to feel confident about the allocations that you have. You have to be able to deal with the sticker shock of, of when you get a statement and open it up, the volatility that might be there. But you're right. You know, valuations are at all times highs. We, we see, you know, if you look at simple measures like the P multiple, you know, uh, trailing, we're at a 38% premium. The forward P multiple, we're at a 28% premium. Uh, you can look like something like the shoulder P ratio, which is at a 44% premium. Premiums, you know, premiums. We definitely see extended valuations. So, again, we go back to our strategy that not all stocks are created equal. There's still stocks out there that have attractive valuations that we think are undervalued, and that's why we would prefer to build portfolios with individual securities. Uh, being in funds and exchange-traded funds and the general market, uh, you're more subject to that overvaluation. When you can go in and pick exactly what you want, you can control that overvaluation a little bit easier, more easily. Now, risk tolerance, a phrase used by almost all investors. In fact, some people say you can go to their website and take a test that'll tell you what your risk tolerance is. And truly, and really, how do you determine an individual client's risk tolerance? And uh, uh, from the results of that, how much should they have in stocks? I think, Bob, it's an ongoing discussion. I think you, you can try on the front end to look at what people have done and what they've experienced and how they feel. Uh, but again, we, we work with a lot of our clients over the long term. We've had clients for 20, 30 years. You really get to know somebody's risk tolerance because when you go through different market cycles, you really see it. Everybody today that just got started probably has an extremely high risk tolerance. But again, you know, I said I can go back to 2007 and 2008, back to 2000, back to 1987 when I was investing money. I can tell you not everybody has high risk tolerance when things look like uh, they're falling apart and the sticker shop comes and the statements change and things don't go straight up. Uh, so r risk tolerance is something that you have to continue to monitor, and it changes. You know, sometimes people have the ability to accept more risk, and other times that same person might have to shift and, and take less risk. It all depends on their life, the, the things that they're facing, and the decisions they need to make. So uh, it's really a, a working relationship and a constant evaluation of risk. Talking to Walt Sakira, of course, he's the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron. Do you have any questions for Walt? 330-673-1234 is our advice line number to call. And outside of Akron on WNR.com, toll free if you want it, 800 
100. Time for the trends and insights section of the show. Walt does a lot of reading and a lot of research during the week and always comes up with some very interesting factoids to talk about and how they may affect the market and your investments. One of them is from Pew Research. Last week, they released some survey results on men and women and cryptocurrency. <laughs> what did this survey uh, give us to uh, think about? Well, the survey showed about 86% of the U.S. adult population now has heard of cryptocurrency, which shouldn't surprise anybody. About 16% of the U.S. adult population have invested in cryptocurrency. And for the people that have invested, it's mostly men. Um, it, you know, only 19% of that, that those people that have invested are women. Um, so, again, it is a high-risk investment, uh, but it's also something that's becoming much more mainstream, and people are understanding it a little bit better. And, you know, so it'll be interesting to watch those trends as we go forward. More facts from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics showing that what they call the Great Resignation continues. People are quitting jobs in record numbers. What does, what does that mean for the economy and, and for what the, why these people are doing it? Yeah, well, 4.4 million Americans quit their job in September, um, and that's up from the prior month. Bob, we see a lot of people, again, I think the pandemic made a lot of people evaluate life balance and the trade-offs of what they're doing. And, you know, I think of the old Johnny Paycheck song, uh, Take This Job and Shove It. A lot of people are basically saying that to their employers and moving on, looking for other employment and doing other things. So uh, we see a lot of transition in the workforce. And again, that's putting a lot of pressure on companies uh, to find quality employees. Remember, when you have somebody work there for a long period of time, they're trained and they know what they're doing. Bringing new people on increases training costs and other costs to companies. So again, another trend to really pay attention to. Another trend that we talk about retail sales. Once again, the holiday shopping season is upon us. The stores and mall parking lots are getting filled. And uh, believe it or not, this is the third Christmas season. You've been with us while doing this Invest Wisely program. And they've been really three completely different Christmas seasons impacted by, by worldwide pandemics and other major earth-shaking events. But for Christmas 2021, what are the thoughts about, thoughts about Christmas and the shopping? And what about retail stocks for investors? I think there's going to be some winners out there, Bob. I mean, I was out driving around yesterday. I saw a lot of cars out shopping. I mean, looked totally different than this time last year when you couldn't find many cars even on the road. Um, so I think people are out and spending. The key is going to be supply chain. It's going to be the companies that can get things on the shelf and fulfill their customers' orders. Um, it should be a very interesting Christmas season. Again, I think the Internet trends will continue. Um, you know, we talked about uh, Amazon and Etsy. Uh, you know, Etsy probably has some really good upside because, again, a lot of their products are handmade by the, the sellers on that, that website. But I think the retail stores, we're going to see some winners out there as well. Another trend in corp happening with corporations happened last week with two of the biggest and most vulnerable companies people are familiar with. They had to do with the companies breaking up. Uh, one was GE, which has been breaking up for some time and uh, kind of not unexpected. The other was a rather surprise, Johnson & Johnson. The folks who made the J&J vaccine, they're also splitting up their company into two entities, one for research and one for consumer products. Now, why are companies doing this and what does that mean for the shareholders? Bob, the, the idea of splitting a company up is there's more value in the pieces, the, the pieces parts, than they are the company together, you know, and Johnson Johnson is a perfect example. Uh, they feel that the consumer product division is holding back the pharmaceutical division and the medical supplies, so by spinning that off and, and, and kind of separating also for them the liability and the debt and 
uh, you know, basically saying, okay, we're, we're going to have two separate companies. New valuations are placed on both companies, and sometimes those pieces, parts add up to be more than what the original investment was. So uh, sometimes this works, sometimes it doesn't. It's kind of a flip of a coin, but it is corporate finance. It's something that we see done out there a lot, a lot, a lot. and for us, we'll be watching J&J because that's been a big holding in our core equity portfolio for a long time. Now, when you hold one of these stocks and they have this split, you as a stockholder, what happens? Do they just take your share and divide it in two and give you equal shares of each of the new companies? Or what? Or do they give you a choice of what company you want to have your, your shares in? Sometimes they give you a choice. A lot of times they don't, Bob. I mean, a lot of times they just give you the new allocation and they tell you how that split goes, what part of the basis goes with the shares that are forming the new company. And you end up with two companies in your portfolio once the uh, the split is complete. And uh, do you advise that people should kind of, before they do a knee-jerk reaction and sell one or the other, kind of wait to see what happens? Yeah, we're evaluating it heavily. Um, you know, we're doing the same thing with AT&T and the, the Time Warner assets and, uh, you know, we said it's GE. So we evaluate these. We we try not to have knee-jerk reactions ever, Bob. We try to use, use a balanced case to make good investment decisions. So let's move over to Stock Talk with Walt Sakara, the time when you can also call again and ask about any particular stock that you are interested in, whether you own it, you'd like to buy it, maybe you're going to sell it, whether this intrigues you, 330-673-1234, give us a call, talk to Walt directly on the air, 800-669-4100. Before we get deeply into the uh, Stock Talk, we always talk about the, the basic portfolios that the AKW Group offers. We have the three separate stock portfolios, the core equity, small mid-cap, and the diversity portfolio. We're focused on, on women's leadership. Just take a minute and review these portfolios and how you invest them for your clients. Absolutely, Bob. Yeah, the core portfolio ends up uh, between 20 and 30 stocks in there. These are really large, recognizable companies, um, have long track records. They're the kind of companies you hear people talk about in the news every day, like a Johnson & Johnson. Um, they pay dividends in a lot of cases, and they raise their dividends. And uh, that's a portfolio that's suitable for a lot of the investors we have. Uh, we have a small mid-cap portfolio, which focuses on smaller, more dynamic companies that are up and go- growing. A lot of times they don't pay dividends, but uh, they have great growth prospects ahead of them. And we invested in that portfolio for share price appreciation and prospects of the company. Uh, that portfolio is traded a lot more frequently than the core equity portfolio. Names come and go. We always say the core is more like marrying the stocks and the small mid-caps more like dating them. And then the the diversity portfolio, the women's leadership, is looks at companies. We started this a few years ago that uh, have strong diversity programs and also have balance with women in, in management. Um, not a me too type of portfolio, but more of a you know companies that really figured it out a few years ago that having balanced leadership leads to more profitability. And uh, that portfolio again invests in about twenty to thirty companies uh, with uh, using our same screens. You know, attractive valuation, strong financial power, uh, but also that women's leadership uh, and, and diversity issue at a, at a high level. Let's uh, put the focus on that small mid-cap portfolio where a lot of the action is and talk about some of the holdings you have there. Cornet Digital with a K. Cornet Digital is one of your holdings in that small mid-cap portfolio. What is Cornet Digital and what do their latest quarter look like? Yeah, Cornet Digital, uh, symbol KRNT, Bob. They're a digital printing solution company out of Israel. Um, their largest customer is Amazon. Um, they they basically make uh, you know these uh, the large uh, digital printing machines that are used in textile. 
uh, fabric type of uh, applications. Uh, very strong growth in Cornet. Uh, one that we put in there, if you you know, earlier this year, and continue to like the prospects of the company, uh, they reported some really strong earnings this last quarter. So again, we we continue to you know watch the stock uh, for the quarter. They were up 51 percent in sales, uh, 86 million over 57 million earnings were up 33 uh, percent, 24 cents a share over 18 cents a share. So Cornet is one that uh, is in that small mid cap. Take some calls now. You're on WNR with Walt Secura. Good morning. Good morning, Walt. Good morning. Good morning, Ken. I was Ken. wondering, uh, uh, I'm beginning to think Dollar Tree uh, could be a hedge against inflation. They're, they're going to change their name to a dollar and a half tree. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a good one. I like that. <laughs> yeah. When I was build, uh, building up in Maine, the cottage, I, I, I stayed in the camper, and I, had, I went into Dollar Tree all the time, and I was impressed with the, the sizes of the products, the, you know, you don't need 32 ounces of ketchup, but just small bottles of stuff. Anyway, it's uh, Dollar Tree. Has that ever been on your uh, radar, DLTR? It is. We we watch a lot of these uh, large discounters. Um, another one that we've been following, ten, Ken, is the Ollie Bargains Outlet. Um, so Dollar Tree is definitely one that, just because of the community's focus and the amount of locations that they have, and they sit in the middle of a lot of households in most cases, uh, has been very powerful. But all these deep discounters, I think, have... Uh, as long as they can keep, you know, the the supplies on the shelves, and you know, I think you'll see a lot of people heading there for the holiday season for sure. The word transitory, I never used it in my life until last year, but uh, it hit me uh, over the weekend. My carryout chicken dinner went up to thirteen ninety five, and I <laughs> uh, I took a couple steps back and thought this uh, inflation things start to hit me. So anyway. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on it, and uh, uh, have a good show. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate Thank you for it. calling. You run into the fact that a lot of chickens are quitting their jobs, too, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, rising the price of the chicken dinner. There um, you go. Another stock that you watch, uh, too, Yeti Holdings in your SMID portfolio, the small mid-cap portfolio. Uh, they make these high-end uh, coolers. Uh, now, what about Yeti? Uh, how do they do this summer? And are you still bullish on them? Uh, we are, Bob. Again, revenue growth is still very powerful this last quarter, up 23%. Earnings slowed down a little bit. Again, a lot of that has to do with the supply chain and the material pressures on them. But uh, they have a great track ahead of them. Again, a lot of international growth. Um, you know, again, I, who would have ever thought, and I bought one, who would ever thought somebody would buy a $400 cooler? I mean, I was always the Coleman guy, you know, the $49 cooler that, you know, I'd buy one summer, get beat up, and was all dirty, and I had to throw it away for the next. But, yeah, these coolers are very high-end, and, of course, the tumblers and uh, the apparel and, the you know, the outdoor, they just have such a strong uh, anchor in that outdoor space. Uh, product development will definitely continue, and, again, a lot of good things ahead for Yeti. Another stock that is in the mid-cap portfolio and also held in your women's leadership portfolio is Bumble, which is best known for one of its dating apps. It also has a best friend-seeking feature and now a career-building feature. What about their results, and what do you think about its future? Well, Bumble bumbled a little bit, you know, this this last quarter. I thought they really were going to take off here, Bob. But, again, it just reminds me that stocks really don't care what I think. 
Um, you know, it's always a good lesson to remember. You know, we sit here and do analysis, and we think, well, you know, this thing should really move forward, and then it doesn't. And you kind of read the reports, and they had a really strong quarter as far as revenue. They're up 24% in revenue. Again, they sit in a nice space. This uh, a company is, you know, has strong women's leadership, was founded by Whitney Hurd, who is, you know, a young woman entrepreneur. And the whole premise of the application was, uh, you know, women safety, creating a social platform where women were kind of in control in the dating world where they kind of had to make the first move and respond back and kind of taking away a lot of the content and the, the advances that men make on some of the other sites. Uh, and again, they, they developed into this business space and the best friend space. And uh, But the stock, you know, didn't hit profitability for the quarter. Again, you know, they're, they're a little bit short uh, and, and the street really didn't like it and the stock sold off significantly. So, uh, you know, the stock was trading up in the 80s earlier in the year off the IPO, uh, closed around 36. And sometimes this happens. So, Again, we're looking at the stock. Um, I think in the leadership portfolio, it still makes sense. And, you know, we're really doing a strong evaluation of that small mid-cap portfolio if it's one that we'll keep there. Again, as we said, that's a portfolio where we date the stocks. And Bumble hasn't been a great date. So we uh, we might have to think about that one there. And if Bumble should merge with Airbnb, there'd be Bumble B&B. <laughs> there you go. It could happen. You're, yeah, you're on WNIO at Walt Secura. Go ahead, please. Yes, Walt. I was interested in a stock, uh, Mimecast. The ticker symbol is M-I-M-E. Are there any good things about that one? Uh, Mimecast Limited. So, again, just kind of looking at cloud security, risk management, um, information, email uh, type services. Looks like you, you found one here that has pretty strong financial power. You know, looking back over the past four quarters, uh, revenue for the last four quarters up 20%. The was current of 24 before, 17, 18. Those are good numbers. Looks like they're managing the company into profitability with strong earnings numbers. So, uh, yeah, it's in the right space. Again, I don't know the company well. I, I know I've seen it go through my screens here at times, but uh, definitely one to take a look at. It looks like valuation might be extended a little bit. They had a really nice run-up. Um, we're trading in the 30s early in the year, up to 81 now. Uh, so I'd just be careful on valuation and do the homework. But, you know, found one that definitely has some financial power. All right. Thanks, and have a good week. You too. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Uh, Got to remind you folks that the uh, AKW Group is, of course, affiliated with the Robert W. Baird Company, which gives them access to private wealth management services and asset management services around the world. They also provide financial planning for you and their clients, retirement planning, estate plan reviews, tax reviews, very important this time of the year, IRA illustrations, Roth conversion analyses, analyze your Social Security options, uh, stock options analyses, transaction tax analyses. All these are a part of the services they provide their clients in addition to investing their clients' money in these uh, carefully selected portfolios of individual stocks. So here we are, Walt, we're sitting in the uh, middle of November, really, with the end of the year in sight. About 38 more trading days are left in 2021. What should investors be doing, if anything, right now with their individual holdings? Bob, again, we, we think you always have to, you know, use those four things, you know, have a financial discipline, uh, realistic expectations, independence of thought and common sense uh, when reviewing your portfolios, you know, thinking about where you are, where you've come from, where you want to go, how much risk you want to take. Uh, asset allocations are definitely need to be reviewed here. 
uh, to make sure that if the exposure that you have to risk assets is appropriate, uh, if you want to continue that, uh, thinking strategically and tactically a little bit across all levels. And then, uh, you know, thinking about taxes, again, it's, it's the reality that, you know, time's running short. If there's anything in that portfolio that can be done to help reduce the tax bill, then it's worth thinking about that. Um, and also, you know, just kind of thinking about the goals and objectives you have for the next year, three years, and uh, making sure you have enough liquidity there to, to meet those important needs of your life. Uh, again, we invest money so we can live the lives we want to live. And, you know, we, we always encourage people, you know, to invest wisely so that they can have the kind of futures they want to have and, and enjoy the money that they, they've earned and, and invested well. There's a lot of talk about taxes in the future, but right now for 2021, were there any major tax changes investors should be aware of that would affect them this year? Well, we're waiting for the final, you know, bill to be signed, the spending bill. I think there were some tax changes that, uh, you know, are in that bill. Uh, we'll, we'll see the president. I think it's going to the president's desk tomorrow. Uh, so we'll see. And then those those numbers will definitely get out there when we get the the assurance of the numbers. We'll definitely share that here on the show. Once again, Walt Secure and the AKW Group, they're in Akron, over there in Fairlawn. You can call them at 234-466-7476, or just, just talk with them. If you like what you hear and you're thinking about putting some of your money with them or talking with them about more of these financial planning services, 234-466-7476. Now, if you live in the Washington, Pennsylvania area, Western Pennsylvania, extreme northeast Ohio, you can call their office there. Sue Marshall is running that office, 412 480 5090-412-480-5090 for the Pennsylvania folks. But again, here in Akron, 234-466-7476 for Walt Secura and his team at 3560 West Market Street in Fairlawn. 234-466-7476. Tell him you heard him on WNIR Kent Akron. So, Walt, another big week coming up next week, and we'll talk to you next Sunday morning, bright and early at 830, to find out all about it. Thanks, Bob. Have a great day. Talk back when WNIR Kent Akron. I'm Bob Lewis. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed Airbnb, symbol ABNB, Amazon.com, symbol AMZN, ATT Inc., symbol T, Bumble Inc., symbol BMBL, Dollar Tree Stores Inc., symbol DLTR, Etsy Inc., symbol ETSY, General Electric, symbol GE, Johnson & Johnson, symbol JNJ. Cornet Digital Inc., symbol KRNT. Mimecast Limited, symbol MIME. Newell Brands, symbol NWL. Ollie's Bargain, symbol OLLI. And Yeti Holdings Inc., symbol YETI. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and its affiliates have managed or co-managed a public offering of Airbnb Inc., symbol ABNB, in the past 12 months. And also, in addition, Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have received investment banking compensation from AT&T Inc., symbol T, from Airbnb Inc., symbol ABNB, in the past 12 months.